0: Lo talk radio great joy and good afternoon, my friend. The Nepalese meditation bowl is chiming, centering your mind and delight on the art of the CEO. The show that brings you the most fascinating and the most helpful leaders in the business community from around our terrestrial orb I am Bart Jackson. Hieronymous Bosch of Business. And this day, my friend, you and I are going to delve into that most underrated and delicate of business skills launching a professional organization. Now, it, this is tough. You know, enticing new members is harder than winning Buddhist converts in Vatican City. And sustaining an organization is in, into growth. Well, it's like selling salary cuts to Congress. And by the grace and good fortune, however, and a little verbal seduction, we have with us one of the most diligent, sincere, and expert masters of professional organization creation, Mr. Mark Keene who is the Director of Corporate Business Development for Gibbons Law Firm, the Founding Chair of New Jersey's Association for Corporate Growth, and Launcher of countless peer groups right along with it. And he is here, very simply, to show us how to bring people together for their own benefit. So whether you are the CEO of a business and industry association seeking ever to serve and solve member problems like uh, Michelle, or you're a Real estate broker, definitely seeking to broaden your professional network, like Blake. Pull up a chair, a little, make a little closer. Join our feast of wisdom, all carefully cuisined to make your career thrive and your ventures flourish. Mark, I'm so glad that you could come by and join us today on the Art of CEO.
1: Hey, uh, my pleasure, Bart. You are uh, very eloquent in your uh, and entertaining in your introductions. I must say. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Now, Mark. Now, you have uh, founded, uh, really from the ground up, the New Jersey chapter of the Association for Corporate Growth, and uh, along with several elite groups for angels, CFO, corporate attorneys, CEOs, and so forth. And so, I guess what really comes to my mind first: the way you do it demands a lot, a lot of dedication and work. And and this just begs the question: what are you? What is Mark getting out of it? From a very pragmatic business building personal career what benefits can i expect to garner from launching a professional group
1: Wow. okay so i mean there's various components to answer that question and uh yes. acg and gibbons would be part of that but i'll jump to me i, I love business and mm-hmm. uh the the all my activities with respect to what i do with the acg and our various meetings Uh, relate to business and changes in business, uh, which is evolving really dramatically quickly these days. So, uh, uh, incredible personal development and enjoyment is is probably a a key driver to the whole thing.
0: Oh, it's so good to hear that. It's nice to hear someone who says, A, that business is good, and B, that they love it and, and are getting enriched by it personally. So, with that... A brief and tempting nosh at our Feast of Wisdom today. Allow me to fulfill my duties as proper host here now and lay before you a few utensils for furthering uh, today's feast. And first utensil, as I always do, allow me to remind each of you hearing my voice that the good Lord has gifted you with the title and privileges of Chief Executive Officer of yourself, and since that's really the most important position you'll ever hold in your career, allow me to ask, will this be the day that you step back and take a look at the myths, those those commonly held beliefs in your field, to see if they really ring true for you? Or will you just open wide and shut your mind and swallow all those supposed truths because they come from a no-good authority? The choice, my friend, is truly yours. And as a second utensil, I... Uh, consents that you would like to steep your lips into a little laughter. So let's take a scriptural recitation from the 101 Best Business Quips book. So let me pull it out here. Thumb through. Okay. Oh, okay. Here we go. This is number 31. <clears throat> they never got any work out of Robert as an employee, so now management has decided to hire him as an independent consultant. Hope springs eternal. <laughs> well, as as an afterthought less funny if it weren't so frequently true. The trouble is you can dress up a sloth in a superhero's costume, but he really is still a sloth. So ask yourself, manager, does this employee's failure of enthusiasm spring from just a no-fit environment, or is it a natural gift for this guy? And if you smirked a bit at that quip, we have them literally by the book's Full. Just visit BartsBooks.com, pick up your copy of 102 Best Business Quips or 101 Best Business Quips, and you're going to place a great fistful of humorous arrows in your verbal quiver, all guaranteed to lighten the load of your fellow chain gangers at work. And as a third utensil, I thought perhaps we should appropriately entitle this the Shared Salad Fork, we proffer you the answer to last week's business quotation, that is, the name of the author who noted The test of our progress is not whether we add to the abundance of those who have much, it is whether we provide for those who have too little. Those words were spoken by none other than the remarkably progressive, able, and compassionate presidents, Mr Franklin Delano Roosevelt. And stick with us, because later on in the show, blurting your way, will come another enriching quotation. And if you are among the learned souls who knows the author of that quote, simply scribble that sage's name down as you believe him or her to be, and email it right off to info at bartsbooks.com. dot com. That's I-N-F-O at B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S com. And if you're correct, your knowledge will win you a marvelous gift freshly disemboweled from the dungeons of Bart's Books Bookstore. So, with utensils in hand, my friend, let's gather up your professional networking hopes and learn from the notably modest yet overwhelmingly capable attorney, Mr. Mark Keene. Mark, let's kind of take it from the beginning, if we would. I think probably your, one of your most daunting challenges and certainly the most uh, beneficial one, you launched the New Jersey chapter of the Association for Corporate Growth. Now, there already was a chapter in New York. So, so what led you to do this one. Could you give us kind of a thumbnail sketch of the launch?
1: Uh, Sure. So um, I I had been an attorney uh, at a law firm early in my career, and then I I left the law and went uh, for about 15 years, got involved in founding a company, buying a company, selling a company. I I ran three businesses. Uh, When I sold a business and had some liquidity, I went and started an investment bank in New York, uh, which was a banking boutique, which I did for five Mm -hmm. years. Uh, but during that period, I had joined the ACG uh, New York. So I was a member of the ACG New York. I learned about the organization. Uh, but then as circumstances evolved, in um, early um, 2001, I found myself uh, back in New Jersey at a law firm, back in the law after many years out. And so I asked my qu- myself the question, how can I shake the trees? You know, you got to build right. a book of right. business. you got to get out there. And I thought, you know, There's no ACG New Jersey. There's an ACG New York. Why can't I do this? So I sent a letter to the head of ACG, the global organization in Chicago, and I said, you know, you really need a New Jersey chapter, and I'm the guy to do it. I sent that letter, and he called me up, and um, it went from there. They gave me the go-ahead to give it a shot.
0: My gosh. Well, now, you know, when you uh, you were doing this, Mark, when, when you were putting this all together, I uh, was over here scribbling away as a journalist for several business magazines, and I kept writing about the many, many groups available to executives, and there were oceans of them, believe me. And so I was wondering, you're putting this thing together. What were two or three things that you, did you think you engineered that made ACGNJ stand out attractively? and Make them say, oh, I want to go to that. What's well, well, just a couple of them.
1: Uh, number one was assembling an initial board of directors that each of those individuals had um, different uh, value points. And by pulling them as a team, I w- I was, it was a team effort. It, w- it was far from just me. And uh, it was uh, us strategizing on how we're going to do this. Uh, how are we going to get members, where are we going to meet, what are the meetings going to be. And and we strategized for months and months before we actually had the nerve to have an initial meeting, which was in April of 2003. But we did it, and it went from there. Oh,
0: I would like to just, if I may, uh, just say we have a quill pen moment here, uh, and that is Mark has spoken a very timeless truth, and that is, that you can never over-strategize and you can never work by having, um, you will always do better when you work with the right team selected carefully. So I'd like you to all dip your pens in the inkwell and jot that one down and take it to memory. And uh, if you've just joined us, by the way, you are listening to The Art of the CEO, which every Tuesday at 2pm streams magically through the profoundly misunderstood realms of cyberspace where you may visit listen to all our shows by visiting the now mark like all revolutions uh your professional organization the uh new jersey association of corporate growth began as an army of one and you got and you said you got the right people behind you um how did i'm i'm this is always a a sticking point for a lot of people how do you go about bringing people into an organization, how, uh, how do you approach them? Is there, do you just ask them? I mean, people are, people are busy, people are reluctant. How do you approach people uh, to, to ask them for something like this?
1: Well, you know, I've approached many people over the years. Uh, I'm looking at the initial 10, uh, and there was actually 12 of us on the board to begin with, me plus 11 mm-hmm. others, and I got some good guidance. Uh, from the executive director of ACG in Chicago and uh, Mm -hmm. we knew we wanted a corporate focus. Uh, I reached out to a corporate development officer from Englehart. If you remember Englehart Corporation uh, was acquired by BASF but um, Alan Cohan was the first guy I called uh, and he was corp dev at Englehart. Uh, Alan and I together were able to get uh, Terry Bentley from ADP. He was corp dev at ADP. Mm -hmm. We got Henry Sacco, who was the chief legal officer of Brother International. Uh, we got Joe Dunning, who was corp dev at J.M. Huber. Uh, oh my that's a gosh. multi-billion dollar family. So as I go down yeah. the list, and then we got private equity. Matt Finley is still mm-hmm. on the board. Uh, he was a founding my board gosh. member of private equity, Midmar Capital. Uh, we had another private equity guy, and and we had a, a former – Um, board member of ACG Global, um, who lived in New Jersey. He was a principal advisor. We also got the president and founder of ACG Connecticut, who had founded Connecticut Mm. just three years prior. Uh, We got Ah. Kevin Fiala to come and give us all kinds of advice on how he got Connecticut off the ground. Uh, So we built, you know, Alan worked at BAS, I'm sorry, worked at Englehart in New Jersey. He was a member of right. New York, yeah. Yeah, but he mm. was discouraged. He said, New Jersey should have a chapter and it should be corporate. And I said, well, Alan, let's do it together. And then we corralled mm. Terry Bentley, and somehow we stitched that group together and a few more, and we built it from there.
0: Wonderful. Well, the, the thing that strikes me is that uh, I when I look at the New Jersey chapter of ACG and I look at... Many, many other professional organizations. You have you've just plain got more structure. You've got uh, marketing committees, you've got program committees, and so forth. Uh, don't these? Uh, I, it seems to me as if the more people you can get into a committee, the more you could, the more involvement you've got, right?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Committees has been you know. a big driver. We started that early on. Uh, you, you know, you never really know how much somebody's going to contribute or do, uh, but very often you're surprised and very often you're disappointed. So what you need to do is just throw them into it and watch them run with it and then see, you know, go from there. And so we just started right. forming committees, programming committee, marketing committee, membership committee. We put leaders in. Some of them are still the chairs. Many are new you know, the chapters, Mm -hmm. we have over 20 board members. Uh, We have well over a dozen committees today. I I don't run the chapter today. I did until three years ago, but um, spread it out. Get people engaged and and get them. This is pro bono work. Uh, uh, And and one thought I have is a, a guiding light has always been this needs to be parallel to what you're trying to accomplish professionally. If it's If it's at a right angle, then it's going to very quickly become a grind. Everybody's time is short, family obligations, et cetera, interest level. So we've tried very hard to get people engaged that this somehow benefited one way or another what they're doing in their professional lives.
0: Well, I can I can honestly say you you really have done that. And I, I say that is because I am on on one of your committees, and I I love the work, and it helps me. And I would just stick in one little uh, moment here, and that is that if you are coming into a professional organization and you think you might want to get involved with it, there's an old uh, axiom that at least axiom that I I use, and that is. Go for the membership committee because that way you're going to find out who's there and all the num- it's the easiest way to find out uh who you who you want to meet but that that's just a thought of my own
1: no absolutely, uh, and that's yeah. driven a lot of the committee members joining that committee for that reason.
0: Mm-hmm. oh that's great uh, mark, I want to take a look at uh the some of your specialized groups now, some of the peer groups now, as you've said, you have stepped down and you are now from running the main body. You have handed this off to the very capable and just a lot of fun, Sally Glick. And she's doing a she is following up uh in your very, very large footprints. And uh yet <clears throat> you still maintain uh the, the various round tables, the peer groups that you started with for CEOs, CFOs, angels, corporate attorneys, business development folk. Uh and and I'd like to just take a look at the CEOs when they, I mean, these are probably some of the busiest people on the planet, and so what do you, in your in a a peer group, because I know they're trying to, a lot of people try to do this what are you holding out to me as a CEO, to to the CEO uh, that that they're not going to, that these busy people are not going to find elsewhere
1: Uh, you know, it's It's a great question. Uh, Let me try to quantify it uh, because there's multiple pieces to it. Uh, So, I mean, CEOs are super busy. uh, They're very hardworking, and they have many, many options on what they're going to do with the the limited time they have. So why would they come here? Uh, So we try to deliver value. So keep in mind, our CEO forum, which is a quarterly dinner forum, uh, Uh it – It is not. It's industry agnostic. So why would the CEO of a pharmaceuticals business want to be with the uh, CEO of a book publisher? Uh, So it's lonely at the top. You know, every business of every type is faced with constant change right now. And uh, CEOs are the key person trying to figure out how to steer their ship. Where is it going and how are they going to get there? And They have their people internally that work with them, and often they have advisors and consultants, but there's nothing like uh, two dozen CEOs sitting around a table over a delicious dinner in a private room at a restaurant, uh, pouring wine and very informally chatting about their various trials and tribulations, and that's what we do. Oh, it
0: actually sounds enticing just just to listen to it. I think it's great, but what I like most of all is that, Mark is putting is saying, What is their lives like? What do they need? Mark has has asked this himself the very question I asked him many, many times, and he's tried to fulfill it. So anyone who is looking at a peer group you may follow in mark's uh, very capable footsteps and as a matter of fact uh with all this incisive detailings of, of how you can congeal a group i think it's time to take a brief uh, sorbet from our feast of wisdom and allow me to introduce to you the company by whose good graces we are here today and that firm is prometheus publishing creator of among many divisions uh Books, Ultimate Business Guides, where you may visit and explore really a wide wealth of practical wisdom from business masters. And today, Prometheus Publishing invites you to look at one of its books, Communicate to Influence, authored from years of hard business experience and Scientific Study Blended by Ben and Kelly Decker. Now, we've had them on uh, The Art of the CEO previously, and I've got to assure you that when the USA rated this volume as the gold standard for communication training programs, they were not hyperbolizing. Ben and Kelly really kick it right off by saying that business communication, in their own words, sucks, and here are five white lies, and here's what you need to do. It's, it's, It's a plain, straightforward book. Uh, and it's, it's, so you, in a matter of fact, you should just go get it. Just visit bartsbooks.com, uh, dot scom and pick up that. Mark, have, uh, with all the the wisdom that you have put together and all your knowledge of companies, I've got to ask, have you ever, uh, thought about putting a book together, authoring a, a, a book? <laughs>
1: oh, that would be, uh, wonderful, uh, yeah, you should do Have that. Have I you thought should... about it? I'm busy. Maybe when I retire, <laughs> I'll I'll, re- I'll yeah. reflect on if I re- if I'm alive before I retire uh uh-huh. <laughs> or when I retire. I, I don't I uh, don't
0: think we're going to see that, but I think Mark is going to work himself to death. I could see this. He's yeah. just one of those that he he's he'll uh he'll stop uh he'll stop when they when they lower him in the coffin, I think. It's a no <laughs> so I don't know.
1: Yeah, I'm enjoying but, living
0: All right. Too busy doing to write about it. Well good for you. Um <laughs> yes. uh, uh getting back to uh the face to nose communication, uh let's let's talk a little bit more about some of the the professional groups. Um you you talked about the dinner uh now you have uh uh, the the dinner the uh detailed session for the ceos that you have now one of the big problems is that c whether you're a cfo or a c you're in the c suite or you get up to a certain status in business uh you've got a lot of hangers a lot of people who want to get to know you so could you tell us how you handle the membership roles for your, your peer groups? Because you, you do something very special. How, how, do, how does one get in and how does one not get in?
1: Uh, sure. We're, we're looking for uh, tr- what I will call true corporates. So th- the first right. thing you'll see is uh, if you go to the ACG New Jersey website, uh, you'll see a mm-hmm. listing of events. And we, we have five corporate peer group meetings, forums that right. we run, five. Right. And each of them is quarterly, uh, which means that we're doing, you know, quite a few a year, uh, like a couple dozen. Uh, But if you look on the website, you will not see date, time, and place. Uh, They're invitation only. So the first thing is it's hard to – if you don't receive an invitation, unless somebody else sent it to you, you're not going to know about it. Right. uh, So when – first of all – each one of these groups, the CEO forum, we have a committee. So each of these five groups, there's a committee. I, I, I'm i in the position of leading these, but I have several CFOs that do the CFO forum. We have right. three very high-level, big corporate, corporate development people that lead the CD forum for corporate development with me. Uh, we, So by having uh, those people, we can... It's a it's a base to identify the right people to invite, you know, true CFOs. Right. And, and we take full-time corporate. You could be a treasurer. You could be a controller. Mm-hmm. You could be a VP of finance. But it's got to be a real company, you've got to be doing that, unless you're <laughs> one of the few sponsors that we have. So we do have several service professionals who are sponsoring the event. They can come. But other than that, uh, you know, we're kind of gladiators guarding guarding the door. And we have wow. had crashes, well, that, not often but we have had crashers to the party, um but the, to their dismay they don't get to stay too long. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, that's good. I, I must tell you, it's it's just uh one of my one of the great things of uh about being a publisher is that every time you go to a party someone someone tells you about the book that they that they've just penned about uh their Aunt Millie. And um I <laughs> have one, one fellow publisher who always he said, "What do you want?" He says, "I'm in hazardous waste, so we don't to avoid that." So I, I I know that these that it's that it must be such an, a a wonderful thing for it to be just CFOs, not people who would service them or or contractors, but or or just angels. It, it must uh, and good for you for being a good gladiator, I guess is what
1: I'm saying. Yeah and oh thank you and and there's another key component to these meetings we never have uh-huh. subject matter experts okay we don't have I somebody said. from one of the big accounting firms talk about current trends in you know um being a CFO of a of a company what we have is we reach out to CFOs and each of the other categories who are in the trenches on a job and saying you know hey <laughs> Joe would you like to lead our discussion come July ooh okay you know, sometimes there are people who have attended previously. Sometimes they're new. Sometimes they're referred by one of our sponsors. Uh, but we have, so this is not a lecture, it, it's a group discussion. No. They're pouring you know, wine. Said, said lead and our serve.
0: discussion, and that was, that's different than getting up to pontificate.
1: Totally. So we pick a topic, which is always something that the CFO or the CEO is doing and, you know, how you dealt with a certain kind of challenge or problem or how you built your business. And right. they they give a little overview for five or ten minutes. As, as they're serving the food, we're sitting there. The waiters are walking around. It's a big table. It's a single table, 20 to 30 people, um, mm-hmm. and you're not allowed to talk rules. You're not allowed to talk to the person next to you. That would be disruptive. It's a single conversation. And I'm a, kind of the cop that enforces that. So you can say anything you want to the group, but nothing to the neighbor until 8.30. We end it on the dime. It's like 8.30, it's over. Stay all night if you want, but the group discussion ends at 8.30. Till then, we have uh, the designated discussion leader for that night Mm -hmm. on that topic, and everybody just jumps in and joins in. There's no agenda. You just discuss back and forth, and it usually gets very animated.
0: Ah. What a wonderful idea. That's, that's the great way to do it. So you, it, it's, you allow the real free flow of conversation and for the, the CFO, the angel to to, to be honest and, and say what he or she wants, right?
1: Yep, exactly.
0: Oh, that's great. Now, one of the things that you are, are very good at you have been invariably able to gather sponsors in your group. And, and I got to tell you, Mark, I am a terrible salesman. So, uh, how, uh, tell us a little bit about how, uh, whom you choose and how you go about getting sponsors for your peer groups and, and for ACG, and, and how does one in a group go, go, go about getting sponsors?
1: Well, you know, for the initial years, uh, the sponsor was mainly Gibbons, supporting me in my efforts but then we saw that other people were willing, you know, ACJ New Jersey is, is a small not-for-profit, so anything we can do to help raise revenue to support the chapter. And we realized, sure. wow, you know, some lenders and some accounting firms and some consulting firms, et cetera, would love to be at the table, and they'd pay to do it and be part yeah. of it. So um, we we dabbled in that, and now we have a, you know a good dozen brand name companies. You'd know the names that are uh, supportive mm-hmm. and come, and they they actually invite. They're free to invite their um, their clients or customers or relationships. So a lot of our new attendees uh, have relationships with our sponsors, and the sponsors love to bring them because oh, um, sure. it's added value. Uh, a key is it's not a selling event. Uh, you know, don't bring your business card. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> not. A, so the sponsors, you know, they would love to have everybody at the table as one of their their clients if they aren't already. But that's not the mission. It's get to know them, build a relationship, and then you're you're welcome to do business with them but this is not a selling event it's really a pure professional level event so a key a key gate issue for the sponsors is you you know you have to to come knowing you're not coming to sell but be part of
0: right right yeah i i think that's that's very very important because it just raises the whole tone of the thing, and it makes, of course, the experience all that much better for the members. Mark, uh, we're, I hate to say that we're running out of time, but we are. <laughs> so, and now you are uh, head of the business development, corporate business development for Gibbons Law. You, owe, your expertise as an M and A attorney is, is is highly prized, and. Uh, so if a listener needs your ability in either M and A or or in developing a conference, or or uh, or if they want to find out some of the marvelous things that you are, the other conferences that you're presenting through Gibbons, how could people get in touch with you?
1: Oh well, thank you very much for your comment, uh, Bart, and for asking. Uh, you know, my name is a funny spelling, so I'm not going to spell it on the radio. But Gibbons is not too bad. <laughs> so GibbonsLaw.com, and then uh, look me up. Uh, do search for Mark on The Professionals, and uh, you'll see <laughs> yeah. my uh, phone number and my email address, and I'm very it, glad it, to it talk to anybody. A,
0: it, yes, I'll spell it, K-U-E-H-N. So there you go. <laughs> Look at that.
1: Yeah, K U uh, K U E H N Keen. Lots of luck. <laughs> All right, <laughs>
0: well, you handle it very well, and I thank you so much for coming on the show today mark we We'll have to have you back again to to, to help fill us out uh with with so much more about uh, uh founding organizations and so forth you you you're, you're just doing so much we have to have you back
1: so oh, thank for you so much on. bart you're you're a pleasure to talk with uh very enjoyable and uh it was a thrill to be here
0: okay, thank you. And as we round out today's feast, I am Bart Jackson, your curator of business wisdom, leaving you with today's business quotation. Who was it who said, he who wishes to be rich in a day will be hanged in a year? (laughs) And no, that's not a current uh, presidential advisor. This Renaissance individual, uh, as a hint to tell you who it is, this Renaissance individual could paint an enigmatically smiling maid as masterfully as he could design bloody, Instruments for the battlefield. This is a this is an individual who bursts the bonds of genius. And remember, if you know the, the name of this author of this quote, just scribble it down and send it right off to info at, Bart's that's I-N-F-O at bartsbooks.com. That's i n f o at b a r t s b o o k s dot com to win an absolutely power thrusting life changing gift from the dungeons of Bart's Books bookstore. And in the words, uh, sort of a parting shot, in the words of my wife's husband. The compassionate leader naturally attends to people's own self-interest. The self-absorbed leader spends his time convincing people that their own self-interest is stupid. Why do we endure the latter? And do tune in next week to The Art of the CEO as you and I together take a look at, quote, those impossible people, those folks who are in – whose Get in our hair in business and in life, and we're going to learn some of the subtler and more effective ways to deal with them. This is going to be a fun episode. And to you who have been gleefully sharing our feast, I hope you've enjoyed The Art of the CEO as much as Mark and I have enjoyed bringing it to you. And remember, you may download this and all our shows by visiting theartoftheceo.com. And finally, to you who have honored us with your time, may I say, as always, It has been a privilege. I thank you.